Welcome to the Strategic Planning Podcast with financial coach Mike Flanders. With more than 40 years of experience in the financial services industry, Mike knows the X's and O's that'll help you achieve your financial goals. It's time for the Strategic Planning Podcast. Hello again. Welcome back to Strategic Planning Podcast with Mike Flanders, Episode 2. We appreciate you so much checking out the podcast as we talk about the world of investing, finance, and retirement with your financial coach, Mike Flanders of Strategic Planning Corporation, serving all throughout the Carolinas, but he's based in uh, Colfax. That's a little town uh, up by Greensboro, right, Mike? It is. And in fact, when I first moved here a couple of years ago, I was told it's actually not Colfax. If you're going to be a, a local, you need to call it Callfax. Callfax. Okay. <laughs> All right. We're going to get that right. That's for sure. Well, hey, yeah. listen, uh, if you if you need some help, you got some questions or got some concerns, if you're already a client of Mike, that's great. If you know someone who needs some help, let them know that Mike is here to help them. He's got uh, 40 years or so of uh, experience in the financial services industry, and you can find him online at spcinvesting.com. That is spcinvesting.com or give him a jingle at 336-668-4338. That's 336-668-4338. And always, uh, we hope that you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, various different outlets, and share it as well. So, Mike, let's continue on the, this week on our podcast. We talked last week about our financial junk drawer, kind of the six things that could be uh, hanging around in there, wasting away, if you will. Right. So we covered three of them last week, and so I'm going to cover the other three this week. But before we do, I thought I'd change it up. and Instead of doing a news topic this week, I'd kick it off with, just kind of maybe a little personal thing so we can get to know you a little bit better and, mm. and ask you, I, I won't have Julie Andrews sing getting to know you because, <laughs> you know, the mouse will get, he'll want some royalties or something, you know. You <laughs> but let me ask you, what's the best live musical performance you've ever been to? Are you a music fan? I do love music. I love to listen to it. I love to sing. Uh, oh, okay. I'm not a great singer or anything like that, but I do like to sing. And um I mean, not professionally, just all through the day, you know, that kind of right. stuff. But yeah, interestingly, as a young person, you know, there were a lot of concert and things like that, opportunities that I just never took advantage of. I wasn't something at that point that I wanted to do. I was more into sports and all. But as an adult, I've had opportunities and there's a, a couple of guys I really like. And then I had an opportunity about five years ago, I guess it was, to hear Darius Rucker He's from the uh, Hootie and the Blowfish, yeah, yep. Hootie and mm-hmm. the Blowfish, and an outdoor concert up in Cincinnati, Ohio, and he was just excellent, just good country stuff, and um, kind of like that. But who I really go to and I listen to a lot, and I call him a troubadour because all the music he writes, and he writes all his own stuff. He doesn't sing anything else that he doesn't write is a story about an experience he's had and his name is andrew peterson i would highly recommend checking him out in fact i'm going to a concert april 27th here in the greensboro area when he'll be in town so he's out of nashville tennessee just somebody i I thoroughly enjoyed listening to And, 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 and his name again was Andrew Peterson. Andrew Peterson. All right. So there yeah. you go. So you would say the Darius Rucker concert and, and maybe Andrew are kind of the, the two best performances you've seen as of late anyway? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, enjoy going also to hear Fernando Ortega. Uh, oh, he's really yeah. good too. Yeah. Uh, 
pianist, but he he sings and he's really good. Yeah, so. very eclectic taste yeah. there, Mike. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, good stuff. That's our getting to know you here on the podcast this week. So let's jump back into the junk drawer and see okay. if we can clean this thing up a little bit. If you didn't happen to catch our first uh, podcast episode where we talk about the six things in your junk drawer that are kind of wasting away, you know, much like your own regular junk drawer of rubber bands and clothespins and highlighters and kids' projects or something probably from 20 years ago. <laughs> There's lots of stuff in there. The financial yeah. junk drawer is the same. It can be. We covered an old life insurance policy or maybe an outdated will or estate plan and definitely talked about some good points on the Social Security estimate that you could still have one of those old ones there. And if you know if you don't know what it is, because they don't send them out as random regularly, I guess it's more random now, you can always yeah. go to ssa.gov, I believe, and and fill out the information there so you can find out what your Social Security is. So with that said, Mike, let's get into our final three here on the six things wasting away in your junk drawer. 401k statements. I guarantee you, I was talking with an advisor one time a while back who said that he had a couple come in They'd been listening to the podcast for a while and decided to come in and work with them and literally brought in a picnic basket full mm. of 401k statements from previous mm. employers and was just like, they're orphaned accounts. They just said, here, I don't know what to do with them. Yeah, yeah. That's very common. Uh, it's not unusual to have at least one and, and maybe several, <laughs> right. just depending on how many jobs you've been at. And sometimes employers will change plans and you get your stranded at the old provider and don't get moved over to the new one. So you have two from the same employers. It's uh, kind of interesting how that can work out. But what this is indicative of is that folks have just not been serviced in terms of being kept up with what they're doing with their money and why and where it's at. And so they've you know, just not been given what they need to be given in terms of knowledge and structure and that sort of thing so that their money is working hard for them. So, you know, you can't turn back the clock. You start from where you are. So you grab those things, you take a look at them, do a little analysis, find out how they're invested now. And the best thing to do then is figure out, does that make sense for where you're at today? Um, mm -hmm, and if right. it doesn't, you probably want to get it restructured. And Quite frankly, most 401k plans have limited numbers of investment options. You might think that there's some really high class or highly educated people with a lot of designations making decisions about what assets can be invested in within the plan, what the funds are that you can choose from. But many times it's just an employer that's just throwing a menu in there and it's up to you to make yeah. a guess. Yeah. And so it's not necessarily in your best interest the way it's structured now, just from lack of attention to it. Well, so, and a lot of times, Mike, they probably cost more when you leave them behind these orphan plans. And again, your menu options are definitely limited, correct? Yeah, they can. And uh, in fact, you might be in things that you never knew you were in because True. a lot of yeah. times the funds that are in the plans, they get changed out because of active management and the people that are making those decisions say, well, this one's not been performing well, so let's move over to this one that's been performing well. And about the time you move into the one that's been performing well, it stops <laughs> performing well. And yeah. all you're doing is getting lousy performance. Yeah, you're just playing hot potato and, and paying right. fees, yeah, in and out fees. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, that's definitely another good one to consider then is uh, if you've got some of those whole 401k statements laying in that financial junk drawer, going through those, making sure that you haven't left an account behind. You right. know, that it's just sitting there kind of doing, you know, very little for you anyway. Getting You could get better performance, certainly, if you were being a little more active with that. That's something else you'd certainly want to have a conversation with your financial advisor about. Now, in the junk drawer, uh, in this case, a lot of us had, I don't know about you, Mike, did you have a grandmother that would give you savings bonds? 
Yeah, grandmother and an uncle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's some people that still have those. And so mm-hmm. cleaning that drawer out, you might be like, holy cow. I didn't yeah. realize like, you, you, know, you used to get one every year like for Christmas or your birthday or something, right? Exactly, yeah. And some people have just made a habit from payroll deduction of buying those over the years when they were employed and now oh, they're retired point. and they've got these things and they are honestly afraid to do anything with them because they're fearful of what the tax consequences might be. Uh, They're going to take all that interest in one shot because they haven't been declaring it annually, which they're certainly allowed to let it accrue and not pay the taxes until you actually cash them in. So it takes a little bit of planning how to um, unload those if that's something you need to do. And Quite frankly, I often run into them in situations where people are looking at some long-term care needs for care, either in their home or in a facility of some sort. And they, um, if you plan it right, you can actually use these things very efficiently to offset against either the standard deduction if you don't have a whole lot of itemized deductions. But if you are in serious long-term care situations where you're spending a lot of money, you can use that to kind of wash out the tax cost. But it just takes a little bit looking at and and planning to see what needs to be done with them. Well, like anything in life, and especially when it comes to our retirement setup and our retirement accounts and, you know, planning is certainly can be, is key. I shouldn't say could be, it is key. It can be quite important and make a big difference in how you're getting things done. And when I was compiling this list, Mike, of the six things wasting away in your financial junk drawer, as I mentioned, I talk with different advisors all over the country. I do different podcasts, radio shows Mm -hmm. and whatnot. And this got brought up, and I don't know how often this might happen, but I thought it was interesting to at least pose it because I know here in the South where we're at is that sometimes people do buy vacant lots. A lot of times they're, Mm. I guess, like the hunting lots, right? We'll just use that as an example, for example, you know, but maybe you bought a lot as an investment or as a hunting, you know, uh, grounds or whatever and you threw that purchase into the junk drawer and you've kind of forgot about it and maybe you're not being i don't know you tell me what are some things that we could you know look at in that situation that may be more beneficial than just letting it sit there yeah obviously a lot has to do with where it's located sure what's the word location 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 (laughs) things with real estate but also you know what's the size of the property if it was like you mentioned a, a hunting property or something like that Oftentimes, the uh, timber has grown up on that and could be harvested and uh, used. Yep. And then replant it and get some benefits there. It depends on, you know, what's your objective. If it was an investment that you made and you anticipated cashing in on it, but things just haven't turned out as you thought because of how the market was in the real estate space. Yeah, there are a variety of things. Uh, My son is a um, custom home builder, and we talked to a client about taking a lot that was purchased to actually build on, but then they found the home that they loved that was already built, and so they ended up just holding it for an investment and looking at the possibility of, is there enough activity in the area to possibly partner up with uh, this builder? And I got um, you, okay. Have him build the thing and split the profits on it. They contribute the land, he contributes the um, construction, labor and so forth and they uh, split the profits there are are a lot of different ways you can look at it. you just kind of again look at the situation what's the long-term plan is this something that you want to get rid of during your lifetime or something you want to pass on to your kids yeah has it got 
potential for growth or for harvesting some asset off of it. Yeah, I think a lot of people, probably that's the situation is they buy some land. The hunting thing just kind of popped into my head. But uh, uh-huh. a lot of people probably look at purchasing a piece of land and then, you know, willing that to the kids. And then later on, you know, hopefully the kids can do something with it. Or maybe by then, especially if it's a little bit more country or rural, hoping that growth has happened. And at some point, there's going to be some developers that want the area to, you know, turn into the next shopping mall or whatever, right? So there could be right. a lot of different avenues there to go through on there. Well, of these six different kinds of things you may find in the financial junk drawer, all of them, you know, necessarily in and of themselves may be okay as they are, but they could also be, again, put to better use. That was kind of the idea mm-hmm. of this here on the podcast is just to find some ways to think about how to dust these off and get a little bit more activity out of, I guess, out of, out of these different items. And so I appreciate you talking with me about these. Anything else that we might want to think about before we sign off this week on the podcast, Mike? No, I didn't. I didn't know if we had anything in the mailbox this past week from the first one, or if you know uh, what, we're still you're, a little early. You're right. Actually, we did get one in. So let's uh, let's okay. jump in and grab that real fast. Yep, we did have that one, and it's from Hector. Actually, Hector had sent one in, and he said, "I'm actually really torn between the Roth IRA and the traditional IRA right now, Mike. With the tax rates the way they are, which one is better?" He's asking. Yeah, we are in a, a unique situation right now. It, it has occurred somewhat in the Reagan administration years and has now reoccurred in the current administration where tax rates have come down substantially and there's an opportunity to possibly be able to take money and invest it without getting a tax deduction now so that later on you don't pay any income taxes on the money that you contributed, yeah. obviously. Kind of the devil uh, you know right now if you're thinking about the Roth versus a traditional, right? You know what the tax ex- rates are versus 25 years from now. What they might be in the future with $22 trillion yeah. of debt and growing at the time of our <laughs> yeah. podcast today. Yeah, very true. And that can get dated and stale very quick. It's rolling really fast mm-hmm. and uh, with compounding. But yeah, I'd like to have people own a little bit of each, kind of have two different kinds of taxable pockets in their- uh, That's a good point, yeah. Yeah, so that they, if there's a year where they've got some event that occurs, like a sale of a rental property or a sale of a whatever, where you have some gains, you might want to use the Roth more if you're under 70 and a half than you would in a year where you maybe don't have something like that. It also can help you- to avoid some taxation on social security in some particular cases. We don't have a whole lot of people that have pensions anymore. Yeah, not much more, um, yeah. At least those that are coming along still have people that are out there with pensions, right, but those right. coming along don't. Mm-hmm. And so you got a little more control over things. And, and that's why this also might not be a bad time to consider maybe converting some of your traditional IRAs to a Roth IRA which will reduce the amount of required minimum distribution you have to take in retirement once you reach age 70 and a half can be, you know, something that needs to be reviewed, looked at carefully uh, because you are talking about taking some taxes into your situation now versus deferring them to later. And, and there are questions on both sides of that discussion that you need to review before you make those kinds of moves. So you need to talk to someone about that that can help you analyze it. Well, great question, Hector. And yeah, actually, I'm sure that we're going to have a, a whole uh, podcast coming up probably on the Ross because over the last 18 months or so, just in general, it's been a hot topic about people talking about conversions from the traditional in order to kind of reduce that ticking tax time bomb, if you will, 
uh, yep. down in the future. So great question. I'm sure we'll dive more into that. So make sure you subscribe to the to the podcast on iTunes, iHeart, Stitcher, Google Play, various different outlets uh, where you find podcasts. And uh, Mike, thank you so much for your time. I'm going to sign us off for this week. But as always, as Mike said, if you have questions or need concerns, uh, or have concerns, excuse me, and you need some answers or you need some help kind of uh, navigating through some of this, well, Mike is here to help at Strategic Planning Corporation 336-668-4338. Your number to call, 336-668-4338 to have a conversation with Mike and the team. Also check them out online at spcinvesting.com. That is spcinvesting.com. Mike and the team at Strategic Planning Corporation, the service, the Carolinas. And as always, like I said, make sure you follow us on iTunes and iHeart and Stitcher and various different things and enjoy the podcast. Mike, thanks for your time, my friend. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Mark. You have a good evening. And we'll talk to you next time right here on Strategic Planning with Mike Flanders. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.